Welcome to the Choose Better Podcast. I'm Erica Day, and this is where I tell Black women the truth so that we can all choose better in every area of our lives. In the last episode about Black femicide, I talked about the statistics that show how Black women are murdered at a higher rate from domestic violence and in general than any other race of women. As I thought about the subject more, it occurred to me that so many of us ignore it because we don't think it can happen to us. We don't think we're in danger from the Black men that are in our vicinity. In general, that's true. But there are some things that we need to be aware of and to take into account. A YouTuber who I will not name, because I don't want y'all to give him no traffic, was brought to my attention this week. He had posted a video about his hatred for black women and how he thought there should be a purge of us from the ages of 12 and above. That's right. He wants to kill black women from the ages of 12 and above. He did not say he hated a type of black woman. He hates all black women. What he said in that video was so evil, vile, and demonic that I could not believe he was actually saying it. I wanted to play a clip of that for you, but it seems that a lot of people had an issue with it and reported his channel to YouTube. YouTube deleted his channel. However, he popped up with another one in a new video. He was very angry at what he assumed were black women getting his channel deleted. He tried to rein in his hatred so as not to get reported, but it still managed to show itself. Here's a clip. One monkey doesn't stop a show. And these nigga bitch, eight gorilla bitches, are just that monkeys. And, uh, yeah, the show must go on. <laughs> you might wonder why I'm paying a random YouTuber any attention. This is why. This man has subscribers and followers. There are many men out here that feel the same way he feels, but they don't tell anyone. These men don't go around looking like the demons they are. A lot of them are decent looking, have good jobs, cars, homes, and may even be upstanding members of your church. These men will fake their whole persona just to trap you. These men will date you, sleep with you, and converse with you, all the while having venom in their hearts toward you. And if you ever set them off by, say, rejecting their advances, or actually being in a relationship with them and not bowing down to them, Bam! You'll end up being the next black femicide victim. This is why I talked about vetting men very carefully in a previous episode. We can't be out here meeting, moving in with, or marrying dudes in the space of a few weeks or months. Everyone shows the best part of themselves at the beginning of a relationship. You have to take the time to get to know someone for at least a year before you commit yourself to them. Just my opinion. Quick story. I dated a guy once who was very nice. We had fun together and he didn't show any red flags at first. But I still paid close attention because I had a son in elementary school at the time. And there was no way I'd tie myself to someone and bring them permanently into his life in a hurry. By the second month, he was talking about getting married. That's too quick for me. I just nodded and smiled and kept watching Around month eight, he said he'd take my son to the circus that was coming to town. A sister from my church had already said she would take him along with two other boys. 
I never canceled the plans with her, and I'm glad because this snaker pulled a no-show. I don't play about making promises to kids and breaking them. Those were strikes one and two. Around month 10, we were on the phone watching the news together. The story was about deadbeat landlords in an area of our city. The broadcast showed how the properties looked on the outside, and I commented on the amount of trash that I saw and said that the tenants couldn't blame the landlords for that and they could make an effort to keep the area clean. Let me tell you that I was not prepared for the foolishness that was thrown my way. This dude got upset, told me that I didn't know how hard it was to be a black man in America. What that had to do with keeping an area clean, I don't know. He told me I was bougie and I sat on a high horse looking down at people. Then he told me that my son was bad, he was not, and that I played with him too much. I was completely stunned and glad that this was a phone conversation and not in person. I realized that his outburst wasn't something that he just thought up at the spur of the moment. These were thoughts that had been in his mind about me for a while, and he had just been hiding it while proclaiming his love for me. At that point, I dumped him and did not look back. Lord only knows what a bullet I dodged. I tell you this because I need us to understand that we have to be willing to make these hard decisions and not continue to deal with these attitudes and behaviors. That's how we protect ourselves and our children. We have to understand that even so-called quote-unquote good guys hold some jacked up ideas about us as women. They get these ideas from how they are taught in the toxic black culture, a.k.a. Nakerville. A recent interview with Chance the Rapper bears this out. Take a listen. I was only able to understand R. Kelly's situation and and presence in the world when it comes down to his trial and um, his accusations and his accusers as a victim. And I don't know if that's because um, from Chicago uh, or because he made great music or because he's a black man. Mm-hmm. But you saw him as a victim. But that was that was just the. I think like the I, the thing is like a lot of we're programmed to really be hypersensitive to black male oppression. It's just prevalent in all media, and when you see niggas getting beat up by the police, it's it's meant like that's like a a, a scene that that you see like slavery for a lot of people. They envision men in chains, like but black women are you know, exponentially higher oppressed and violated group of people, like just in comparison to the whole world, you know? Maybe I didn't care because I didn't value the accusers' stories, like Mm -hmm. because they were white women, because like, you know. Chance is saying the quiet part out loud, just like I am. We are conditioned to be hypersensitive to the plight of black men while being conditioned to ignore what these men do to black women. And we are also conditioned not to care about the dangers that black women face. 
How does a community look when this conditioning has been going on for decades? Just take a look around you. I'd like to leave you with a few more statistics. Black women are 2.5 times more likely than white women to be killed by men and boys. Black women who are murdered know their killer nine times out of 10. Southern states have a higher rate of violence against black women. These numbers have increased during the pandemic. Nagerville expects us as black women to be strong and able to handle abuse. This causes us to think less about our own vulnerability or our need for help. When we speak out and stand up for ourselves, we're told we're being masculine and are often attacked for doing so. Nakerville offers us no assistance. We have to step outside of it and offer it to ourselves. My only challenge for you this week is to take this seriously, to keep up with the stories and do whatever you can possibly do to inform those in your circle and not to end up as a victim. Follow Black Femicide US on Facebook for plenty of information and updates. Remember that you can reach out to me via Facebook. Search for the Choose Better Podcast page. On Instagram, Choose Better Podcast. And I'm also on TikTok under Choose Better Podcast. The email address is hello at choosebetterpodcast.com. You can also go to my website, www.choosebetterpodcast.com to leave a review, sign up for the Choose Better Squad email list, and even leave me a short voicemail. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And remember, choose better, sis.